Welcome to Farming for Health, where Farmer Lee Jones and I talk with leaders in food, farming, and health and wellness to spread knowledge and inspire a plant-forward future, starting now. Welcome to the Farming for Health podcast. Today, we're talking with Matt Jennings. Welcome. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. I know you're a chef and you do so many other things. We're really excited to learn more about you and all the things you're working on. Well, thanks. I do. I do like to stay busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Lee's going to start us off today. And it looks like you are busy. That's just <laughs> you've got a lot going on. Yeah, not afraid to uh not afraid to take projects on uh you know it's kind of uh it's good cuz it's distracting, right? It keeps you <laughs> it keeps you focused on on other things. So, yeah, all is well. Chef Matt, I I'm curious. I want to know what never got you started in this in the culinary and to become a chef from the early days on. When did when did it hit you that that's what you wanted to do? Well, I started cooking at 14 um, as a summer job. It was my first summer job. Actually, I, I wasn't cooking off the bat. I was I was scrubbing dishes and right. emptying trash and folding newspapers in the back of a little local grocery store that we had in town. Um, but that that grocery store owner owned a little bistro next door. And so I kind of would walk by the back kitchen door and look in at all the cooks in there and I always wanted to get in there look like so much fun um so that was kind of my my you know my foray into the business and uh I went back every summer as a kid and 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 worked there kind of eventually working my way up um then attempted liberal arts college which was a massive fail uh on many levels uh (laughs) And, uh, and so my folks said, well, why don't you take a year to figure out what you want to do? Um, you're going to have to get a job. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. So the only thing that was familiar to me was to go back to the kitchen. Um, and so when I did that, uh, it kind of made me realize like, hey, maybe this is what I should be doing since I enjoy it. Um, and so I just kind of went from there, ended up uh, going to culinary school. And the rest is history, as they say, I suppose. So did you end up working at that bistro for the grocery store owner? I did. Yeah. yeah. I worked my way up uh, from from folding newspapers and stocking shelves in the grocery store on Sundays to being a full-time dishwasher in the restaurant and then moved my way up from dishwasher to, you know, uh, salad cook to, to grill to saute all the way, all the way up. Yep. Yeah. Hang around long enough. They're going to be short a staff member and they're like, can you do this? Get in here. Go yeah, or they or, or they just get sick of looking at you and they say, "Okay, stop <laughs> asking me when you're going to get on the hotline, kid." You know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I know you had your own kind of wellness journey, and that's one of the reasons I was really excited to talk with you. Can you tell us more about kind of your wellness journey and kind of where that's led you now? Yeah. So. Um, between uh, the days of, of the grocery store and the small bistro to now, um, I have owned a bunch of my own restaurants. Um, I started with my first restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island with my wife, Kate, that we opened when we were 24, or I was 24. Um, 
And that was kind of a small mom and pop uh, specialty artisan food store with an adjacent 30 seat restaurant. Um, she, she is a pastry chef or she prefers to call herself a baker by trade. Um, so she would do all the sweet and I would do all the savory. We had that place for, for 12 years. And then uh, we moved from there up to Boston and open, we went from 34 seats to 134 seats, which is not wow. necessarily, not necessarily suggested. There was a lot of learning curves in there. Um, but, uh, we had, uh, our first place for 12 years and then, uh, our most recent place we had for just under four, um, in, in Boston. And, uh, I had some, uh, some health stuff go on, uh, during that time. And, um, I had gained, uh, quite a bit of weight, um, and I'd gotten up to about 400 pounds. Uh, I was certainly, uh, in need of a sobriety break, um, you know, I was, I was dabbling and, and accessing uh, probably more than necessary. Um, as I think I kind of got wrapped up into just the world of, um, you know, uh, being a chef and being an operator and kind of those stresses and um, a lot of late nights and a lot of bad decisions, right, um, as, as can happen. Um, and so one thing led to another, and I had a, a kind of an aha moment in uh, 2016 um, when everything kind of came to light and unfortunately ended up in the hospital. And uh, Kate and I kind of looked at each other and we said, what are we really doing here? Um, and I think it's time for us to kind of redesign the priority list. Uh, and so for me, one of those priority lists was uh, kind of getting out of the restaurant business um, to some degree, or at least finding a way to navigate it in a new way or, or find my, my place in it in a new way. Um, mm -hmm. And so I had already started doing some consulting uh, while we were in Boston, and uh, that business was kind of picking up steam. And I said, well, maybe I take a little bit of a break. You know, we sell the restaurant and I focus on consulting. Um, so I had started Full Heart Hospitality, um, which is a food beverage uh, and hospitality consulting agency uh, based both at that time in Boston and then the West Coast. Um, I had a partner in that named Jason Rose, who's also a chef who I'd known my entire life, who's fantastic. Um, and so Jason, and I said, hey, let's do this together. You kind of handle the West Coast, I'll handle the East Coast. Um, and so that really led to me, um, you know, uh, getting sober. Um, and losing a couple hundred pounds, uh, embracing fitness, um, trying to just operate with a clearer mind and um, clear expectations for who I wanted to be is not just a chef, um, but a dad and a husband um, and a human being, all things that are more important, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. wow, what a journey. Yeah. And what a powerful story. Yeah, and I yeah. saw, um, especially with the name like Full Heart Kitchen, can you tell me how you came up with that and what the meaning was to you? Yeah, Full Heart Hospitality was built, um, I think, really on the premise of, of wanting to help other businesses, other food uh, businesses, hospitality businesses thrive um, through kind of a more holistic approach at how they operated. Um, you know, we, we, do everything from full service, you know, creative consulting. So, you know, uh, designing restaurants from the ground up from concept to, to design and architecture, um, you know, menu engineering, recipe development, all those things. 
um, but also really look at the people and the systems and um, you know the processes by which they do business and try to um, advise on those things as well. Um, so that that uh, you know has been a, a really amazing journey, and Jason, um, who uh, has kind of taken lead on that, um, is is really well versed in all of those things as well. So it's great for us to kind of come at it from this kind of almost co-chef mentality where we have each other's experience to bounce off of. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing, amazing ride. And that has led to other endeavors and, you know, just always busy. Yeah. I'm curious on the, on the consulting during COVID, were people looking for help at that point or was everybody just dead in the water? You know, it's fascinating. We actually, so consulting is one of those uh, careers where you have to, you have to eat what you kill, but you have to be able to kill. And uh, it, it can be nerve wracking sometimes because, you know, you're kind of wondering what the next job's going to be and you're always kind of hustling, right? Um, I guess not unlike filling a reservation book in some ways, uh, if you look at the restaurant industry, uh, but on a grander scale, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, we were afraid actually during COVID that we would lose a ton of clients. Uh, and we actually found that COVID provided an opportunity for us to engage with clients on kind of a whole different level and say, you know, how do we get you prepared now yeah. uh, for what's coming later, right? When we get back to reopenings, when we get back to, you know, kind of quote unquote life as normal, um, you know, so so we had we had a kind of a chain of opportunities. You know, one was kind of helping them in the current moment, navigating what they had to do to um, to fulfill you know the requirements, the safety requirements, and and still be able to get you know folks in the door, or in that case, you know, a lot of pickup, obviously. And we had clients that were pivoting to grocery models and all sorts of things. But um, but also then longer term, looking kind of further down the road, and 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 for a lot of these folks, it was the first time they'd ever really thought about long term strategy. You know, uh, I think so much of hospitality and food and beverage is built on the now yeah. um, and built on the making the guest happy in the moment. Right. You know, you're not really always thinking about, hey, where do I want to be in five years? Get through today and get through next week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was an opportunity for us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And you so at least one of the interviews I heard with you, um, you were working in healthy living as the VP of culinary full heart are you still working on that so i um i've left healthy living um okay. but i had that was a great opportunity for me to come once we got to vermont and and um help them with more of a, a you know kind of a long-term um again kind of helping them create some long-term strategy for their business yeah um it's funny i uh full heart you know has had a lot of really interesting clients um a lot many of whom have come back to us for additional, you know, scopes of work or additional mm -hmm. assistance with projects as they move forward. Um, we like that about the consulting business. Like I pr always prefer to try and keep people in the family, um, you know, and check in with them. Like we're, we've never viewed that business model as a kind of like, you know, here's our scope of deliverables and then we walk away. Um, we kind of like to be available for, for whatever it is that, that they need. Um, so that's certainly always kind of been there and something I've been working on. Um, I started to, uh, when we moved to Vermont, um, we bought this really amazing little piece of property that needed a ton of work, um, 
but the reason I fell in love with it was because it had a barn. Um, and so I looked at it and I said, well, I know what I could do in that barn. So I built a commercial kitchen in our barn. Um, and uh, so that that is Red Barn Kitchen. Um, and that allows us to, you know, we, we grow now a bunch of stuff on the property, um, uh, enough, just about enough to support it in the, in the, you know, summer season and the growing season, um, exclusively from here. Um, so we've, you know, we're raising animals, we're growing vegetables, we're doing catering offsite, we're doing some events on site. Um, I'm doing some cooking classes, some special events. So that's been kind of a side hustle that's been really busy. Um, that's only been about a year. Um, and then I've also been doing a bunch of work with our, our friend, Andrew Zimmern, um, who uh, owns, um, you know, Passport Hospitality and uh, Food Works and Intuitive Content uh, is, a, is a kind of a on, you know, online and TV food personality and chef extraordinaire. And I've been helping him out a lot through some of his projects. So there's always stuff going on. Always yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, it seems like you have no lack of things to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrew's great. He's been a good friend to the farm for a long time. Oh, he is. I think he a is. lot of them. Yeah, I saw the. In fact, I think you mentioned the Red Barn concept in one of your earlier podcasts. I was curious. You know, we had Red Barn here. Uh, it was a chicken place. There was one in Ashland. Amy, do you ever remember any of those? No. Yeah, they were great. I mean, it was. It, and there was one in Sandusky. It was like a barn, and it, it was a building that was shaped like a barn, and they were red, and it was the best fried chicken around. But uh, when I saw that, heard you mention <laughs> the red barn concept, I'm like, okay, what is he up to now? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you're not in overalls today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, well, Lee, as you can imagine, uh, you know, it's starting to get a little cool here. Um, I bet. Vermont. Have you had a frost? We just had our first one last night. Did yeah, you? My yeah. condolences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's officially over. But you know, in a way, I'm kind of ready. We had we had such yeah. an incredible growing season this year, and I, we just you know, it never ceases to amaze me from just such an elemental level. Like you put something in the ground and you take care of it, and something amazing happens. And Isn't like it a miracle every it year. Just it just yeah. blows my mind every year. I'm so grateful. And uh, you know, we had such good luck this year. The weather was really great. We had a lot of rain, but um yeah, so so we grew a bunch of stuff and raised some animals this year. We didn't have hogs, but we, you know, we've got the chickens and we've given sheep a try and all sorts of things. So that's awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is. How has your cooking changed kind of over time? Like based on, you know, starting out where you were and now having your own farm and your own like, oh, kitchen good, in the barn? That's a great question. It's a really great question. Um, I think if anything, it's probably probably made me really appreciate, you know, ingredients more than ever, you know, and, I, and, I, and I've always appreciated ingredients. That's kind of one of the things my cooking is built on is, is a reverence for ingredients and where they come from and, and, letting the food really speak for itself through my cooking. I don't like to cover it up with a lot of stuff. Um, I'm pretty technique focused, but in a way that allows, you know, the food to really tell its own story. Um, and now, I mean, you know, we raised some hogs uh, this last year, uh, not, not this summer, but last summer, um, English saddleback hogs uh, that I was able to uh, get some piglets from a, a local friend and they were just so beautiful and and the appreciation I had for 
the process of, of taking them all the way from piglet to harvest and preparing them all myself, right? I, I did all my own butchery. Um, I, I created an incredible amount of, of you know, uh, primal cuts and subprimal cuts and, you know, doing a lot of our own charcuterie here and all the stuff I love to do and I've always done, but I just, it, it made me realize um, just how special it is to be involved in the whole process. So I think if anything, it's just given me more gratitude, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. grateful. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think one of the things I kind of hear like overlying your story is kind of this element of like mindfulness. And as you kind of have progressed along your journey, how does like mindfulness play into like your experience of food as you've become like more connected with growing it and, you know, being, being part of the process? Mm, yeah. I, I think for me, the most important part of, of, of food in my life is that it creates an opportunity for conviviality. It creates an opportunity for conversation, right? It kind of is, is the thing that brings us together um, allows us to have great conversations with one another to connect on like a really primal visceral level. Um, and, and I think that's really unique to, to food, beverage, culinary, right? Um, and that's a language, you know, that's a love language for me. And I think um, if you're in this business, I think you understand that, you know, from the inside looking out. Um, but it's our job as growers, as, as chefs, um, to try and teach other people that love language, you know, um, and I really believe in that. And I, and I think that's kind of what my life has been built on is, is using food as a way to develop relationships, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's, that's probably the most important thing to me. Well, I can imagine, you know, because I'm always preaching this, you know, what's your favorite food? It's what's in season. And I can imagine the seasonal sensitivity for you has really become hyper-focused now as you're raising the products and raising the, the, the pork and the chickens and all of this. It's really tightened your vision on those menus are dictated by what Mother Nature's giving you today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and educating yourself more, right? I mean, yeah. I remember when actually, uh, when we came out to see you, I don't know if you remember this, but yeah, I, of course. Yeah, yeah, we came out, Jason, and I came out uh, with Whole Foods, I think at that time, and we were we were doing some work with you guys on the farm. And um, I remember the product coming in, right, and, and seeing things I hadn't seen before, or, you know, and, and having you guys be there to kind of talk us through everything. And understanding uh, the significance that each of the items had. And, and I, and I think that's, that's it in a nutshell, right? That experience um, and being able to create those experiences and provide those experience and, 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 um, and hone in on, uh, on that is really special. Uh, and, and I think taking those opportunities to educate yourself about the product. And, you know, I've learned so much about seeds in the last couple of years, right. That I never, never really knew. Um, it just, it keeps, you just, you're able to drill down further and further and further, the more you, you know, pay attention. Yeah, for sure. And with that kind of in mind, what is, so it's fall right now. What is kind of, what are you most excited about that you're growing? 
Well, uh, let's see. We have amazing peppers right now. Um, and I just, uh, I just harvested a bunch of habanadas, um, some beautiful jalapenos, some really nice, uh, like hearty anchos that we, we did this year. So we've got this really unique mix of peppers. I've got this Hungarian wax that was just beautiful. Um, just some really interesting uh, mixes. It's kind of been one of the things I've been probably the most excited about as we've been growing over the last few years and, and I'm starting to understand, you know, the culture and the history of, of peppers and chiles and, and being able to bring those here. You know, I think Farmer Lee will tell you it's, it's great to find an area of focus because otherwise you kind of just go like this, you know, I started off when we first started, um, I won't call it farming, but homesteading. Uh, when we first started homesteading, I wanted everything, right? I'd look at the seed catalogs and be like, I'm going to get 10 of these and 10 of those and 10. Of, and you just kind of go wide as opposed a kid to- kid in a candy store, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you go wide as opposed to going deep. And then as you go on throughout a few seasons and you see how things do and how your land reacts and you know what's your climate's like, you kind of start to narrow your vision. Um, so for us, it's, it's peppers. Um, it is, uh, brassicas, you know, I love growing brassicas. Um, we pulled a bunch of kale, uh, just a couple days ago. We've got Brussels right now that are popping off and are beautiful. Um, mustards do really well for us. Um, you know, uh, cabbages, I have so much kimchi right now. I can't even tell you, like <laughs> I made so much, I, I think I literally made like a couple hundred pounds of kimchi this year. Oh my wow. gosh. Um, so, so, you know, uh, I think learning your, uh, you know, trying to find some focus, right. Kind of learn, learning your specialty, um, when it comes to farming for me has been super, <laughs> super necessary and helpful. Otherwise, yeah. I just, I'm all over the place. I feel you. I'm still there. I still order everything in the seed catalog. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to channel some of you. <laughs> it's hard. It's it hard. Is. It is. It's so exciting when they come. Especially when you've got access to great seeds, you know, and, and yeah. now more than ever, there's access for everybody to, to really great right. seeds and to, you know, seed saving programs and heirloom seeds and um, you know, our friends at Blue Hill sent us a lot of their kind of like early tests, right. Um, that they were doing with some interesting varieties they were bringing back. So it's just, it's a whole nother world. I, I, I don't pretend to know nearly as much about it as I should, but, um, it's been a blast. That's awesome. What are you going to make with all those peppers? I'm so interested. Yeah, I'm curious about that yeah. too. Well, we've dry, I've dried a bunch uh, this year, which I'm excited about. So I'm going to do this kind of like, um, I'm trying, one of the things I've been really into over the last couple of years is developing kind of my own spices um, and creating some kind of, um, kind of customized spice blends. Um, so the, the dried chili is one of them. I'm going to do a couple of different varieties of like dried chili spice blends um, that I will use and hopefully, you know, be able to give out to other people as well. Um, what else? Uh, I mentioned the kimchi. We have a ton of um, sauerkraut. Uh, I actually just made a big batch of sauerkraut too, which was really delicious. Um, I did like a two week fermentation on it and it's just super tangy and 
awesome for putting on all sorts of things. So, I mean, I'm always just kind of playing, you know, I, I, I am lucky that I kind of can spend my weekends when I'm not at, uh, you know, my kids football, soccer and baseball games. Um, I can just be in the kitchen in the barn messing around. So that's so awesome. And I love ferments. So I'm excited. We're, we're just starting to get into some ferments here. We're doing a partnership and just started with pickles and we're going to do some hot sauce, but tell me about what is your plan for like hundreds of pounds of kimchi? <laughs> like how did you That's get into a great fermentation? Question. Yeah. And well, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is part of the problem, right? It's like, I, then I get so excited and I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to make a, so, um, my plan is I'm going to sell it. So, okay, uh, cool. red barn, um, will be, so we do a few different things. We, we do private events and catering, but in the fall, I start doing this thing called, um, I'll start doing family meal Fridays. So, um, nice. Fridays I do, uh, a, basically like a, a pre-order meal, a meal kit subscription type thing where people can purchase it online. They can come pick it up on Fridays. I stock our, you know, veritable pantry with a bunch of other items so they can like add on if they're here for convenience sake. So it'll start to work its way into some of that stuff. Um, I also will uh, hopefully get it um, at some point on the shelves somewhere. You know, I've been kind of looking into labeling and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'd like to kind of uh, perhaps, you know, do the farmer's market thing with stuff like that at some point. We'll see. I don't know. It, it all depends on on uh, what kind of time I'm allowed, you know? Yeah. Why but do you eat love- a lot of it. The answer is eat <laughs> a lot of it. That's what I was just going to say. Give some away, right? Develop <laughs> yeah. better relationships with all of our neighbors by giving them kimchi, right? So. Yeah. You're going to have a bunch of really good friends <laughs> all around you. Um, right. Why do you like it? Like, do you eat it for health? Do you like it just because of the flavor? Like, what do you like about fermentation? Yeah. I mean, I love all of of those of all of those items i think it started for me really simply with pickles and uh our first restaurant we kind of got into you know making our own bread and butter pickles this was probably like 20 some odd years ago and you know so that was exciting and then that led to you know lacto fermented vegetables and um kind of understanding that whole process uh you know i think I think as a chef and as somebody who who uh, is into agriculture, understanding ways to preserve the harvest are like super essential, right? Yeah. Um, I think you have to be able to bite it off in pieces you can chew, no pun intended, but starting small, you know, whether it's the hot sauce or it's the spice blends or it's, you know, a butcher salt that has great herbs chopped up in it or just like simple things like that are great ways to expand both you know, your knowledge, your skill set, and also your pantry so that you can have those items throughout the winter. Um, But eventually it turns you into learning other things, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't know, for me, life is about just like always trying to improve and do better and learn something new. So it fascinates me. I love that. And that's fermentation is one of the safest preservation techniques and keeps more nutrients than any other technique. But I think it has that little element of like scariness. Like people are scared totally. that it's going to go all wrong. How did you have any like mishaps or has it all been oh smooth sailing? <laughs> no, we've always there, there's I think anybody who gets into the craft of fermentation has some sort of mishaps. I, I don't know if it's a mishap, but it's a funny story. One of one of the first times I made fish sauce mm-hmm. uh, was at our first restaurant, Farmstead in Providence, and I had these beautiful 
uh, ceramic, uh, you know, these, these big round ceramic containers that I kept underneath the basement stairs and, and I would make, make fish sauce in there. And uh, the place smelled like nothing you've ever smelled. And finally, my wife, after, you know, having to go up and down the stairs a hundred times a day was like, hey, listen, I get it. Like, this is great that you're into this, but this has got to go somewhere else. It's got to move. We got to get this out of here. You know, people are starting to ask tail shop, like what, you know, what's happening. So, um, yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget the fish sauce. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. (laughs) You know, I've been curious to ask you, Matt, you know, especially with your journey that you've had, you know, personally and professionally, you know, for 40 years at the chef's garden, the three most important things we heard from chefs was flavor, flavor, flavor. And of course, reduce the chemicals, do it naturally, but focus mm-hmm. on the flavor. But we obviously feel and see a shift and a trend. And of course, that's why we're so excited about having Dr. Amy on, on the team now at the farm. But I think that there's what we're seeing is this expectation of it being great food, but also healthy. And I just kind of would yeah. like to know how that's really affected and what your thoughts are on that. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, what's really interesting about that is I feel like we're kind of at this nexus right now um, with food, uh, the understanding, the the general consumer understanding that really delicious food can also be really good for you, right? And I don't think we've necessarily had that moment before uh, in our in our country's uh, culinary history. Um, I think you know the kind of the the perspective that, you know, really delicious food either has to be really expensive and unobtainable and kind of high end, or it has to be like state fair, everything's fried, right? Like a lot of heavy flavors, a lot of sweet, um, a lot of salt. Um, I think those days are, are kind of over and we're realizing that, oh my gosh, wait a minute, the opportunity to create like wholesome, delicious, healthy, exciting food is actually at the fingertips of like anybody who wants to try to cook, to, to learn how to cook. Um, you know, you can go to farmers, mar- you know, farmers markets are more accessible now, right? Um, I think that even your average, uh, you know, most stores, uh, most retail stores, most grocery stores have some sort of, you know, local food section um, or uh, there, there's, you know, uh, kind of they're starting to carry products that are made in a way that's a little bit more thoughtful, um, that have more natural ingredients. Um, right. I, th- I think we're kind of, we're kind of, we're getting there. We're close, you know? Um, I think we still need to be able to figure out how to make it accessible to absolutely everybody. Um, but the mentality is right. And, and the moment is right to, um, you know, to, to kind of, uh, latch onto that, that idea that, that, delicious food can be great for you yeah more farmers markets in uh 2021 20, 22 than in the history of the united states more vegetable seeds sold during this period than even going back to the victory garden days so yep. it's exciting more gardens more farmers markets more emphasis and awareness of where the food's coming from who's growing it how those people on the farms are being cared for it's yep. exciting to see it Yep, 
It's yep. coming, like you say. It is. And and I think, uh, you know, for better or worse, COVID, I think, kind of helped that a little bit because uh, it made people realize, you know, hey, you know, I've got a little piece of land here. Why don't I try and do something? Um, or I've got a, you know, a garden or a neighbor with a garden or there's a community garden down the road. Maybe I can look into getting a plot, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it encouraged people, I think, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fear will do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw recently on social media, you took a break from social media and that's, I think a big thing. Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about why you did that and um, kind of why that was important to you? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, the, the world of, of hospitality and, and food and beverage, um, you know, combined and shaken up and stirred with, social media uh, can be a little dangerous sometimes. Um, and I think that uh, I just, for myself, um, you know, I, I'm a family guy too, right? Like I'm a dad, yeah. um, I gotta be around, I have to be present. I think having um, a thoughtfulness to how I, um, you know, kind of maintain um, my voice in, in, you know, the food world is is certainly, um, important to some degree, but I also, you know, I want to, I want to be here. I want to be here and enjoying my family and my kids and, and this amazing place that we live. And, uh, so, so it's important to dip out, I think every yeah. now and then, um, you know, and, and that's why I did that. I've done it before. Um, I'll do it again. Uh, you know, it's funny, Instagram in particular is one of those things where it's like, uh, I, it's been such, such an amazing tool for me to connect with people. Um, I've met some amazing people on there and uh, I communicate frequently with people on that platform. Um, but I also, you know, it, it, it also kind of builds this thing that you feel like you need to try and keep up with, you know? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I start feeling like that, I'm like, okay, I got to just, you know, shut it down because <laughs> it's about the here and now, right? Uh, who cares what other people think? Like, I'm, I, you got to live your life. You got to do your thing. Um, so I, I, I kind of have a foot in each of those, uh, those worlds, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, no, I love that. When I saw that, I was like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I mean, how old are your kids? Uh, th just turned 13 and okay. nine. Oh, yeah. Right. So I officially have a teenager now. Yeah. That might have had something to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, like I gotta pull out for a minute. Um, but but he had me he actually made me delete my TikTok account. So that was probably good for everybody's sake. But uh it's funny because his his friends I started a TikTok account maybe, I don't know, three or four years ago or something, and never really did much in it. There's maybe there was maybe three posts on it or something. And his friends uh who have TikTok accounts, he does not. Uh, his friends found it online and showed him, dude, your dad has a TikTok account. I'm like, dad, look at these old videos. So he came to me and he was like, dad, no, this is, you got to go. This has got to go. <laughs> so, you got to love that. <laughs> you got to love that. You know, they're yep. always teaching me something. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I have a four and a six-year-old, so it's oh, still coming for me. You'll be there. You'll be there. Yep. Yep. Awesome. That's because you guys just remember what you were like at 13, right. 14 right. and 15. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I was getting into, uh, you know, just as many, uh, just as much trouble as I was, uh, you know, good things, I suppose. You know, I, I started working early, which I think saved me from a lot of, from a lot of stuff. Right. And I'm trying to encourage my boys to do the same. In fact, my kids have been great about, you know, they're very into uh, this place and helping out around, you know, the gardens and jumping in the kitchen when I have an event and, that's great. you know, it's, I'm lucky. Um, it's, it's great to have them around. And especially my older guy who, uh, you know, I actually, he just turned 13, as I mentioned, and for his 13th birthday, I bought him his first knife kit. Uh, so he's got his first couple of chef's knives and he was like, Oh my God, really? You know, so that, that stuff for me is cool. And if I can teach them to have, uh, you know, any kind of a reverence for food and, and hospitality. Uh, cause I think you learn such great people skills in this business too. Right. Um, it teaches you so much more than just, than just food. Uh, it teaches you how to relate to other humans and, you know, how to develop relationships and, and, uh, and develop a work ethic. So, uh, yeah, I'm lucky. That's amazing. So our podcast is called farming for health. And when you hear farming for health, what does that make you think of, or what comes to mind? Well, uh, I would say it probably makes me think about cultivating uh, a better, a better you, um, you know, and, and that can be different for everybody. Right. Um, but that's probably the first thing, first thing I think about it was the first thing I thought about when, when you reached out. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, um, finding, finding those ways to connect with the land, um, connect with a sense of purpose, um and and do it in a way that's really healthy for for me and my family is kind of what my whole new life is built upon uh and so uh i i connected with with that name immediately awesome lee any last words no it's just great to catch up with you um i'm excited you know i mean you're talking about 13 and you starting to work you know when you were young i think that that the life that you've laid out for yourself now really does lend towards involving the kids because at any different skill level, you can put them to work at something and they can be uh, a part of it. And it's, you know, uh, there's a saying I'm looking for in my hand, but it's uh, idle hands are the work of the devil. That's <laughs> true. And, uh, you know, you can keep them busy. There's always something to do when you're farming. So, and then when you Always. tie cooking to that too, like you guys can be as busy as you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. And uh, yeah, I think um, I look forward to seeing how it kind of unravels, you know, uh, I, I created the, you know, the, the, the kitchen in the barn is a way for me to just have my hands in product and be connected in a way right. um, that I'm not necessarily in the day to day through, through the ways uh, that I'm still involved in the industry. Um, and so, so we'll see what happens. You know, there's no expectations. It was, we feel blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do something like that, where it's like, okay, let's see what needs we can fulfill kind of what our, you know, what our, um, avenues going to be for it. And, and we'll just kind of go from there and watch it grow. And, and so that's been really rewarding. Um, so yeah, between all these things, uh, there's not very many quiet moments, um, especially having two boys, you know, raising two boys in the house. Um, you can I, imagine. I thought maybe you were going to say with six roosters or something. 
yeah 20 chickens 20 chickens two boys a couple dogs you know there's a lot a lot happening but uh yeah but it's it's uh it's a blessing to to be here and having the ability to kind of rework my life um into a way that is like sustainable for me and my family um but that i can still be involved in food and i can still be involved in really great projects and um you know, and, and still get out there and shake my tail feathers and cook every now and then. It's kind of fun too. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been so fun talking with you. Thank you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and Lee, I'm coming back to see you. So okay, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a text or something. All right. You do that. Chef Matt. <laughs> Great to see you. Great to catch up. We'd love Thanks, to have you Stay your course. When we'll you're, do, when we'll you're putting your rose in, don't look back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We had, we had, we, we have three, uh, hundred foot beds that, that we, they're, they're yeah. the, kind of the, the focus of our, of our spot. And on the first bed, uh, Kate planted a ton of sunflowers this year and they were in so early. I didn't even see them. So I was doing, driving around with the tractor oh, doing no. chores, you plowed doing them chores under. went right over them. Oh no. <laughs> I got home. She got home. She's like, what happened to all the sunflower? I said, what do you mean the sunflower? <laughs> so, you so know, one still last learning. Question. Still one learning. last question. Can you get more sunflowers in a crooked row or a straight row? <laughs> Is that a trick question? <laughs> I feel like, you know, the end of these podcasts, sometimes they're like, oh, we're going to finish the session with a little, with a little trivia question for you. We're going to ask these really quick. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh <laughs> Good gosh. to see you, man. I'm well, proud of you. you Take too. care. Thank you. Take yeah. care. Yes. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Farming for Health. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Connect with Farmer Lee Jones and I on Instagram and Facebook.